93.9 The Eagle, broadcasting live from the Zimmer Radio Group World Headquarters. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry. Get ready for interviews with movers and shakers from our community as we dive in for a deeper look inside Columbia. Now, here's your host, Fred Perry. And welcome to the CEO Roundtable Show. So glad that you have tuned in with us this weekend. Glad to have you along. Very pleased to welcome Matt McCormick, who is the president of the Columbia Chamber of Commerce to the show. Matt, welcome. Thanks. Great to have you here. One of the things we're going to be talking about is this recent trip of chamber leadership out to um, beautiful Madison, Wisconsin. Yep. And now we're going to talk about uh, that visit and some of the previous visits that you've made to other cities, uh, looking for ideas how to make Columbia a better place to live yep. and, and do business. And so tell us uh, real quick. How long have you been at the Chamber of Commerce? Been there 10 years this year. Wow. Yeah, February years. was 10 years. Yeah, I think we had you on in February, right? The, the yeah. week of your actual anniversary. And, yeah. and uh, so uh, great to have you back and, and talk about some of the things that have been happening this year and, and this fall. Um, you came from Texas, right? Yes. Okay. Yep. So, from the Dallas area. From the Dallas area. And so uh, kind of a, a, a big change culturally, I'm sure. But uh, uh Kind of tell us a little bit about the Chamber of Commerce in the last 10 years. I know that chambers across the country have evolved, yeah. uh, that they're uh, they're sort of changing, uh, not so much in their mission, but just the way they do business. Tell us how the Columbia Chamber of Commerce has evolved in 10 years. Yeah, it's really, like you said, it's not really the mission of the organization, but how we accomplish the mission of the organization, if oh. you will. Uh, so it's really, you know, starting to take a look at, we've had to start taking a look at more uh, issues within our community, mm-hmm. maybe than what chambers in the past have you know usually housing wouldn't be something that would be we would know about but not necessarily be overly involved with homelessness uh the different things like that so you know you're starting to see some of those issues and how that trickles into our business community as a whole uh and linking all that together that you know i've been in the business for over 25 years yeah uh and so those are some of the changes that you see i've seen really over the last 10 years but you know over the last couple of years in that during that time. I don't think anybody would have ever expected 10 years ago that one of the key issues that our local chamber of commerce is dealing with is, is the idea of the, um, oh, there's a more politically correct term than homeless, but yeah. anyway, the chronically unhoused, yeah. I think it's what they call it. Uh, but you know, it, it's, but that was kind of a, one of the focuses of the, of the trip to Madison, correct? Yeah. It was really one of the main drivers. It's something yeah. that we've been wanting to talk about for a while. Madison's somewhere where we've wanted to go for a number of years mm-hmm. while we've been doing these and it just never worked out right. Yeah. And it worked out all the pieces fit this year and it was the right year to be there for some of the things that they've done around, uh, the unhoused and some of the programs that they're doing with yeah. that. One of the things you and I have talked about before on this program is that uh, really the the two essential key ingredients of a world-class city is uh, having the state capital and the state university in the same town. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and Madison's one of those towns. It is. It yeah. is. It's really, you know, it's, it's all sits right there together. It's mm-hmm. all within walking distance of one another. Uh-huh. That's a really cool place. And it, it brings a lot of, you know, for them, it brings a lot of challenges, but it also brings a lot of opportunities uh, and, and much more opportunities than challenges whenever you have those two so close to one another. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. I want to talk more about the, uh, the trip to Madison here yeah. in a few minutes, but, uh, Tell us about some of the, uh, you know, every year uh, the chamber comes up with a legislative agenda. Yeah. Uh, tell us about some of the things that uh, are, are sort of 
that you worked on for this most recent session, but, but it's already, before you know it, we'll be in the next session. But what, what are some of the things that are higher on your priority list right now? Yeah, you know, uh, and it is, it's just right around the corner of the next sessions. We're already starting that process of looking at what are we going to work on the, uh, next year. You know, this last one, uh, one of the things that we probably spent the, the lion's share of the time on was transportation, specifically mm-hmm. around yeah. I-70. With great success. Yeah, it really turned out well. We had a lot of good partners. You know, we focused a lot on 67, or 70 and, uh, 63. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we really started working with some other partners on uh, what does this look like going across the state and can we expand that even more? And then we're able to uh, door started opening up to where then we could start pushing the two point eight billion for the entire I-70. Yeah. yeah. So you can ask five different people this question in Columbia <laughs> and you'll get five different answers. Yeah. <laughs> but from the vantage point of the president of the Columbia Chamber of Commerce, yeah. uh what is the current status? Uh, just to help us understand, uh, this is going to be an easy question first. Okay. Uh, what is the current status of the Roachport Bridge at I seventy? It's going great. I believe they're ahead of uh, ahead of the game on it. Uh, okay. As everybody probably saw a couple weeks ago, a month ago, they dropped the old bridge. Yep. Uh, got it cleaned out, and now they're starting the uh, process for that second bridge. And the the crazy thing, I just drove across it last night. Uh, the the crazy thing about it is what's there now is as wide as the old bridge that we were always using, yeah. and now yeah. they're about to put a second piece to that the great thing that they are doing thinking ahead is building that to where it is uh it can hold six lanes all the way across so it can be restriped for that yeah Uh, but it's going well and it's looked uh, it's moving forward and uh this process i believe has worked a lot better with keeping traffic flow yeah especially through our community uh and on the other side of the river through boonville and such like that yeah uh for locals uh, another another area i'd like to get your vantage point on is uh the dirty c word the connector uh what (laughs) what is the what is the status of the future of the connector at 63 and I-70? 63 and 70, so MoDOT's moving forward. So that was actually funded the legislative session before last year okay. uh, through a STIP. Uh, that will connector and then also the connector down at Kingdom City, 54 and 70. Yeah. Um, and then whenever they passed the 2.8 and the governor signed off on $2.8 billion for all I-70, they pulled that in there mm-hmm. with those funds from it. Uh, and that's why you see that being the first section of the I-70 expansion. Uh, but the connector itself... Uh, is uh, from our understanding they uh, did their qualifications a couple weeks ago Mm -hmm. they're moving forward we're down to two bidders yeah yeah, two bidders uh, and so rfps will start going out and they're supposed to award that in february of next year with construction starting there uh in the fall of next year now of course we have a local favorite we all would love for emory (laughs) to to get that business we Uh, love local uh, uh, but uh, there are the one of the other finalists is an out-of-state firm is that correct i believe so okay go back and um and uh so I, I don't know maybe i just it was hearsay or, or maybe it's fact uh, yeah. i heard that the new 63i70 that the the leading design is going to include two flyover ramps so modot what they've put out there for what they envision it has two uh, flyovers okay uh i believe that's what you're yep. you're asking yep. about right the yep. two flyovers running uh west and south okay so uh coming so west and south and then North and east. And then north and east would actually, and the two flyers go west and south, so you could go opposite directions, okay. right? North and east would be a different type of intersection that they're calling a, calling a spooey. <laughs> you gotta love the acronyms, right? Uh, it's single the point. Dog bone, yeah, the dog bones. Yeah. The spooey. Yeah. Okay. Diverging diamond. Yeah. Uh, the spooey is a single point of entry 
uh, I think is what it stands for. Okay. Uh, so it's a different setup. So we would still have a bridge there and have uh, the crossways to go north and east. Yeah. There's not enough room because we asked up front, it's like, why are there no flyovers going north and east as well? There's not enough room with the businesses that are located. Oh. Uh, so if you start taking a look, let's say where the Drury Hotel is yep. uh, on that corner and there's some restaurants there, right? And then you go across to the north side of 70. Um, there's not enough room without MoDOT having to, having to, take some of that yeah. which you know none of us are big fans of yeah uh so work in that direction however it's a design build mm-hmm. uh, so whoever they go with will start submitting designs in uh through that process yeah and so when you look at um uh other transportation projects is, is there any other major transportation initiatives affecting columbia and central missouri you know uh what you're going to see i think a lot of is going to be continuing on i-70 what Mm -hmm. does that look like what's the process looking like you know for us in columbia the bookends of i-70 are actually in the middle of the project which are here in our town yeah Uh, so it starts here and it ends here uh so you know we're going to be under construction for quite a few years yeah uh, really up and down i-70 whenever you pull in the roachport bridge and uh the river bridge and what you do there so that's that's going to be a lot of our focus there uh and then also then taking a look at uh one of the things we're working on uh is how do you use that intersection that major intersection to really be a front door to our community yep. and how we do some beautification and enhancements yeah. to that. We've got a really great community that's hidden by I-70. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. It's, yeah. You know, if you go down, I, I hear it all the time. You go down, you know, any of the intersections there, it's just, it's, yeah. it's not, a, yeah, it's yeah. not a welcoming place. Yeah. It's not a welcoming that Columbia wants to be proud but the of. The chamber formed a, a task force to yep. take a look at that. And, and is that something that you think is going to come to fruition? Yeah, I think so. So that's something that we've been working on. We went into kind of a public private partnership with the city and the county. Uh, we, uh, went together. We hired a consultant to help us put that together. What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the budget for that? What does that get with that? And so we've been working through that process and then we went into, okay, this is how much it's going to, going to cost we expect yeah uh and kind of this is what our our bogey is and moving towards that and going out for private assistance and private uh fundraising for that on the private side along with public dollars and we've gotten some really good feedback on that you know it's it's uh not very often uh, maybe once every 100 or 200 years you get to say this but right now the city and the county are kind of flush with cash you know what i mean just because of all the federal systems yeah you have all the arpa yeah and so there's uh you know this is probably a good time to be talking about those things well exactly you know if we have the opportunity you take some something like a 63 and 70 and just 70 is an entire project that's mm-hmm. a once in a generation project yeah well, you know we're not going to be around whenever they have to do 63 and 70 again yeah. right so uh let's take advantage of the situation let's take advantage of the revenues that are out there let's take advantage of what we have the ability to do and you know let's put on a good put on a good front door and a welcoming front door to our yeah. community yeah so um you know i think that from a business perspective you know we we have been very blessed and i, I think everybody everybody would consider us to be blessed to be able to uh replace the roachport i-70 bridge yeah. in, the, in the manner in which it was replaced yeah. and and the way it was built and and uh and demolished but you know and we're going to get six lanes through columbia we'll be the first in the state to have it so how do we as a business community uh you know, uh, put our best face on to really capitalize on having an improved 
transportation infrastructure. Part of its beautification, I would yeah. guess, right? And making Columbia seem like a more appealing destination. Yeah, part of it is, uh, you know, that's a, that's a piece of that puzzle around mm-hmm. transportation is we want to make sure that, you know, we got a wonderful university. We got a wonderful business community. We got a wonderful community all together yep. uh, that we, w- we want people to see, but we also have to have a community that can move good people, goods, people and services in an efficient, effective manner. Yeah. I mean, you know, if it, if it's too hard to get across town or it's too hard to get uh, up and down the interstate, that's, that costs money to businesses. Yeah. And so that's part of what we fight for and we work for is taking a look at how can we make this operate better and what's this going to look like? Yeah. It, it's interesting the, the number of people and, and, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago, there was a major push to, to keep local traffic off of I-70, there was quite, yeah. a, quite a, an information campaign to say, hey, you know, I-70 is not really a thoroughfare, you know, for yeah. local traffic. And, you know, try to it's going to be a lot safer for everybody if you stay off yeah. of it. But I think has have there been any studies that that tell you what percentage of the traffic that is flowing down I-70 is local traffic? I have not seen any. Okay. Uh, right. And, you know, that was a big campaign, like you said, 10 20 years yeah, ago yeah uh pre me being here but i've seen it in other communities yeah. that have done that i mean the the, the issue is though you're not going to get away from that it yeah it, it whenever it, it's too whenever, easy it's too easy whenever it goes yeah. right through the middle of your town it's not like yeah. it's on the outskirts of town this yeah. goes through the middle of columbia yeah. and so there's no way around that yeah um but no i haven't seen any traffic yeah. studies around that it, it is dangerous getting on and off of i-70 you know just uh uh, I'm hoping that, uh, and I, uh, maybe you can answer this, and, and this is just a pet peeve about left uh, traffic in the left lane, uh, moving uh, at or below the speed limit. Uh, <laughs> but trucks, are trucks going to be allowed in that third lane uh, on I-70? From my understanding, and I might be wrong here, but from what we've been told in a lot of the conversations that we had early on, whenever MoDOT really started working their local uh, community uh, idea, which was really well before the 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 2.8 billion which was really what does 70 look like all the way through columbia from basically midway uh all the way out to route z uh was the six lanes and the idea that was talked to us about then is that the truck traffic would be in the two right lanes and the left lane would be an open lane for cars now trucking is a very powerful lobby in the state of missouri so they uh that um, i can see how some delicate minds would be changed uh, in (laughs) jefferson city but but it's uh it would be great well and you know you talk to the trucking uh groups and they want to be able to move their trucks in a safe and efficient manner as well right and so we've got to move everybody in a safe efficient manner mm-hmm. and so they look at that too and what's going to be the safest and most efficient way to move those because it is it's like you said, it's 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 how we move goods across this country and yeah. i-70 when we were going through the roachport bridge or the uh, missouri river bridge uh the trucks the 18 wheelers that crossed that bridge within 48 hours reached 48 yeah. of the state of the states in the u.s yeah within 72 hours it was 49 states because they'd be making it As- into alaska, alaska. Yeah. right so i mean we've got to realize that is a massive part of what uh, is on i-70 yeah yeah interesting want to uh talk about uh so you transportation was a, a major initiative this mm-hmm. past year anything else that was on the top five you know, a lot around uh, education, a lot around especially uh, higher education, mm-hmm. core funding, some of the things I think you're going to see this coming year, uh, especially with higher education. You saw the ribbon cutting, I'm sure, the groundbreaking for the expansion yep. of MER. Uh, but then it's also that conversation that the university has been having is what does the next MER look like? What is the next reactor? Right. And that and that process to go through that. Yeah. Uh, so I think you're going to see some things around that. Uh, so, yeah, those are some of the things that we were working on, too, as well. Uh, it was a very successful 
successful year for us. Uh, like I said, a majority of our time was spent on transportation. Yeah, that's great. That's Matt McCormick, the president of Columbia's uh, Chamber of Commerce. When we come back, we'll talk about the Chamber's recent trip to Madison, Wisconsin, and uh, what they learned from that trip. And we'll talk about some of their previous trips as well. This is Fred Perry. You're listening to the CEO Roundtable on 93.9 The Eagle. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable show. Fred Perry, your host. Uh, we are visiting with Matt McCormick, who is the president of Columbia's Chamber of Commerce. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about... Uh, uh, well, we've been talking about uh, transportation, I-70, the Roachworth Bridge, and, uh, of course, expanding I-70 to six lanes uh, from... Uh, Rocheport to Kingdom City, and uh, that's a, a pretty uh, big uh, development for Columbia and certainly the business community. One, one of the things that um, I want to talk about is this most recent trip that you made to Madison, Wisconsin. Yeah. How many people were able to go with you? We had a little over 70. It was our largest trip wow. uh, in the 10 years we've been here. people. That's a lot of people to move that around a community. a lot of people. <laughs> wow. Uh, you need to raise the price, I guess. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's amazing. Um so what was uh why Madison? Why why was that uh why was that uh, let's talk about the cities you've been to in yeah. recent years. So yeah. Tuscaloosa, Alabama, uh yeah. uh Ypsilanti or Ann Arbor. Ann Arbor, uh, yeah. uh, Gainesville, Florida, Knoxville, Tennessee. All college uh, towns. All college towns, yeah, Fort so, Collins. Okay. We usually try to focus on a college town because there's just something I mean, as we yeah. all know we live in one and yeah. there's just something a little different about a college town and yeah. how it operates and uh whenever a major university is your largest economic driver in your community yeah. and what does that bring? Uh and so we always try to do it around a college town. And yeah. so um we've gone to a number of them. Like I said, this is our tenth one, it's our tenth okay. year to do that. So wow. So uh what was appealing about Madison? So like I said before Madison's been on our Madison's has been on our agenda for quite some time and our list for quite some time. Uh but it really worked this year. The topic that we were delving and we we went through a number of topics, but the one that we spent uh, a meat of our time on uh was around homelessness, unhoused. Uh and Madison has done some really innovative things through the year, mm-hmm. through the last last couple of years, especially coming out of COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh they got some leadership in their community that really wanted to start moving that forward of how do we handle this issue as a community. With I I know you probably don't want to be critical, but but what what are they doing that we're not doing? You know, one of the things, some of the things that they talked a lot about, um, and, and they were really open, which was great. They talked to us about this is what's worked, this is what we've done, and this is what worked. But you know what? This is what didn't work for yeah. us, and this is why it didn't work, or how we had to change that. That was really great of Madison to be open about that. Um, but some of the things they they started taking a look at and started working on is, um, you know, housing. 
uh, density. They really had to take a look at what does our density look like whenever mm-hmm. it comes to housing, uh, taking a look at areas that uh, need to be, you know, the maybe a down area. They don't have retail in it. They don't have, there's really not a lot going on there. What can we do to redevelop that area and how can that be? And this, and are these issues tied to homelessness? It is. So they were able to start doing some things like bringing in some multifamily housing uh, along with uh, uh, multi-use buildings. So retail services on the bottom right. uh, with housing at different income levels. Yeah, uh, So if it's kind of that transitional housing, if you will, move getting people moved into that direction. Yeah. So it's more of that affordable housing process mm-hmm. uh, that they've been able to do. So that so as the president of the Chamber of Commerce, uh, what is your definition of affordable housing? And I think that's been one of the things that we as a community have really struggled with because affordable housing uh, t- uh, is one thing to someone who is on the brink of homelessness. Yes. Yeah. It's another thing to a state trooper or a teacher working yeah. here in Columbia or somebody that works in the service industry. Um, what, what, in your mind, what is the definition of affordable housing? Yeah, you know, and that's talked about a lot, and it's exactly that, right? It's, it's you know, somebody that's on the brink of homelessness or somebody that has been homeless and they've gone through processes to get themselves back in a home, mm-hmm. and they need that helping hand to do so. And then there's what we used to call, and I've kind of defined these and started pulling, trying to pull these apart as much as I can, what we used to always call workforce housing. Oh, yeah. Which that name's kind of been yeah. lost through the yeah. last it's, number of years, but that's really what it is. It's a much better is. descriptor, actually. You know, it's that, like you said, the state trooper, the teacher, yeah. it's the, the young professional that's got their first job and wanting to move out of their college apartment and try to find their first house. It's, you know, I think back to whenever my wife and I were first married in the first house we purchased. Yeah. Um, How much was it? <laughs> so we bought it in 2001. It was a 1,400 square foot, yep. three bedroom, two bath, and it was 93000 Wow. Our first house in Columbia was a uh, uh, three bedroom, uh, one bath, um, Seventy-seven thousand dollars, nineteen ninety-four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah. it's just, uh, but, but it, you wouldn't be able to find anything that was livable for seventy-seven thousand dollars now. No, you start taking a look at what are they at now? Even you know a fifteen hundred square foot house, and it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's way above what we paid ninety-three thousand, yeah. right? It's, yeah. And so we really need to pull those two conversations apart. Yeah. Uh, because they are two separate conversations, yeah. and okay. uh, that's so where workforce where we're housing did has Madison. Like I, I heard stories about high rises as you as you. Yeah. Go into Madison, uh, and that's uh, sort of um, is that considered workforce housing or is that considered a homeless shelter? So no, it's not considered a homeless shelter. They actually have a couple shelters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a men's shelter and a women's shelter, and then they have one that's kind of I believe tied to the women's shelter for uh, people with kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, what that is, it's kind of what I call a mixed use housing. So it's at different. Uh, different income levels. So they'll have certain places for certain income levels, certain places for other income levels. Mm-hmm. So it's kind are they of, next to each other? They are. Okay, so it's, good. it's kind of working that, you know, workforce housing and, um, and affordable housing together, mm-hmm. uh, and trying to help solve those problems. They were beautiful. They've done a great job with them. Yeah. Uh, and they are, as you know, we flew in there and then we had, uh, buses take us into Madison to where we were going next. But we had a bit of, we had a couple people from Madison on the buses with us talking to us about the different developments. Yeah. And they were showing us some other, some of the areas that we were going through that were some of their areas that, um, you know, needed some, refreshing yeah. uh to say and uh, we're really how can we start you know solving some of the retail desert issue services that are close to the people that need them uh, and then also looking at workforce and uh affordable housing but yeah. they also had to rewrite a lot of their codes around density 
Mm, okay. Um, so they really had to look at that part so of it. So can you draw a parallel to Columbia in terms of uh, where we are struggling? You know, we give a lot of lip service to infill. Yeah. But when it comes time to really do it, you know, you have a lot of people saying, well, not in my backyard. Yeah, you, know, you, you do. You can't do that. And, um, and there seems to be a lot of resistance to infill. Yeah. Is that an area where, where Madison struggled? I mean, is that what can we learn from Madison? You know, I think there's some things that we can learn from them, what worked, what didn't work about yeah. that. But, it, you know, and I, I would have to imagine that they dealt with the same thing, you know, not in my backyard. Mm -hmm. or you know do i really want that next to me and there's really got to be a collective group that really says okay if we're truly going to move this issue forward this is one of the solutions that we need to look at what does that take yeah uh do then do we need to look at our codes within our community that are barriers to being able to do some of these things Mm -hmm. um you know and i'm not a codes expert for our city but uh you know taking a look at are there codes in there that do make those barriers I think one of the nice things about the, these trips is that uh, you are able to, and it's, it's been criticized in the local media, what, what's left of the local media, but, um, you know, the, you had members of the city council, the city mm-hmm. manager, members of the county commission, yeah. you know, able to, to go on this trip. And so they're, they're, I mean, the, the policy makers, the, pol- the decision yeah. makers are on these trips and, and they get to hear from other cities. So it's really, uh, kind of a, a double benefit. To us, it's important to have them on there. We need a mixed group. This can't just be a bunch of business people. Yeah. Uh, it can't be just a bunch of elected officials because you don't really get some really good conversations going. It's got to be a mix. We have, we had business, uh, CEOs, business owners, small, medium, large business, all different types of businesses along with higher education for most all of our higher education institutions and we had elected officials and people with the city and the county uh, and police department and that's we've got to be able to bring all those together and sit and have those conversations it's a benefit we've seen some really great and school district was there we've seen some really great things come out of these you know you start taking a look at the program uh the early college program yeah. between mobile area community college and the and school that, district that came from tuscaloosa yeah that well yeah. that actually came from ann arbor ann arbor okay. yeah that actually right. came from the ann arbor trip and yeah. that has been amazing of what you know a student that can walk out of high school with a high school degree and an associate's degree yeah. debt free yeah and going straight into our workforce that's what we've got to have yeah. uh so it's really important to have a great mix of people there at these at these trips so a they can see other communities what they're doing what they're doing well maybe what doesn't work also kind of reminds people of what we're doing here in columbia and boone county that work that do work really well that sometimes we forget about um but then it also you know you put you put these people in a room you put them on a plane you put them on a bus and you put them on a room together for three days and you get down into some really serious conversations about uh, how can we do this better for Columbia? What what has Madison tried as as a re, re, in regards to the chronically unhoused uh, that didn't work that that we can learn a lesson from? Yeah, you know, so some of their uh, early on efforts around some of their uh, their shelters, um, not necessarily thinking through what how do we sustain this? What is what does that stair step look like? Uh, you know, there's the shelter to help certain things and then uh, moving into transitional housing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're actually in the process of doing some tiny homes, uh, some pallet homes mm-hmm. uh, to start moving into that. Now, is, is that exactly what we need to do? Maybe not, but or maybe it is. But that's you know, you see that process that some other communities are doing and learn from that process. Uh, were there people from our 
our Opportunity Campus here in Columbia on the trip with you? Yeah, okay. there sure was. So they uh, they got to see some of that stuff. Yeah, we had a lot of nonprofits. A number of nonprofits were, yeah. you know, Love Inc. was there and uh, VAC was there yeah. and a number of others. And it was great to have them a part of that conversation and, and being in that room together. Yeah. Um, is there anything that, uh, what would you say is the most successful thing that Madison has done with their unhoused population. I mean, do they have people camping on the streets? You know, it's interesting. One of the things that they have done is uh, if you look at Madison pre-COVID versus Madison today, it's two totally different Madisons mm. downtown. Uh, it is, uh, you know, you still have some some people on the streets, but not near what you used to have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they've also done some things with their streets, making walkable streets. Uh, State Street is one that they've closed to traffic, and it's, uh, it's uh, purely walkable outside of emergency vehicles. And some of the art that they've done there and some of the things that they've done there and how that has helped that process mm-hmm. um enforcing their rules and making sure those are being enforced uh, on a low level yeah yeah uh it's a pretty cool downtown right? it really is yeah. you know capital sits right yeah. there in Beautiful. the middle of it yeah, yeah. and they're, it's surrounded by two lakes is that yeah, correct it right? sure is yeah so yeah. uh they have uh, some things going for them that we we don't have access to but um I wouldn't want to be there in January. I mean, that's, no, yeah, or February <laughs> yeah. or December, probably. But anyway, yeah, I get it completely. Um, so any other takeaways from Madison? Uh, do, you, do you all come back from that trip and, and sort of have a uh, do you melt it all down and say, hey, what, what, what are our big takeaways from this trip? Yeah, so we'll do a debrief. Uh, okay. We've done some surveys of our group, uh, and that's where it really starts launching into what's our next steps with this. You know, mm-hmm. and our goal is not to make a laundry list of things for the chamber to do yeah. it's us as a community what do we need to work on mm-hmm. uh so we're starting that process now and what is that next step and it's most likely going to start bringing some groups together to have okay groups this is what we heard this is what we have here what are our next steps going to be and how do we work on this together it's yeah. just, there's going to be some things that work there's going to be some things that don't work but we've got to keep moving it forward if we're going to solve it outside of homelessness was there was there any other big items that sort of stood out in your mind uh, that that were opportunities? Yeah, you know, we really took a look at on our first day there, we got to spend some time at their minor league, or their major league soccer stadium, Okay, um, which is a really was a really cool place, and it was a lot of fun because uh, the same group that owns that and some of the venues that we were able to use there are also the same group that owns some of the venues here, like the Blue Note and Rose Music Hall. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, that whole group, and so we, it was really... Frank Productions. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was yeah. really yeah. fun to be able to do that and yeah. pull that linkage together for yeah. a lot of people. A lot of people People didn't realize that, but we talked about sports tourism a lot. What does that mean to them and how does that work and what are some things here? Uh, we also were able to talk about uh, workforce development. They got a great Latino uh, workforce development program mm-hmm. there, so we got to hear from their director of that. Yeah. Um, but then one of the really cool things to really take a look at is uh, University of Wisconsin. We brought them in specifically about their discovery park, so kind of their, their innovation park yeah. and what's been the life cycle of that and what part does that play on economic development in their region mm-hmm. um, and it was pretty amazing some of the cool things that they've been able to do there and how that's really how it keeps continue bringing in clusters of businesses around certain areas into that which bring more jobs in more people in you know and those type yeah. of things uh, epic it was there's a big company up in madison yeah. uh that's a medical records company yeah uh, uh, there's probably a different better term for that than medical records but uh was that university technology do you know i mean was that i, I that, don't okay, i don't I know, know that off the top of my okay. head i think it might have been yeah. uh, he went over you know the challenge we run into as staff is a lot of times whenever we're going through these things we're running around yeah, getting ready working. for the yeah we're yeah. working it uh but he listed off a number of companies and that might have been one of them 
Yeah, it's so, um, that's it's a pretty impressive company. Yeah, like Veterans United that does a lot for the community. So it's yeah. um, uh, nice to see that. Okay, when we come back from this break, we're going to continue our conversation with Matt McCormick, who is the uh, president of Columbia Chamber of Commerce. We'll talk about some other issues facing our community and workforce development, what the chamber's up to uh, in terms of uh, those issues. All of that coming up on the CEO Roundtable. I'm Fred Perry. This is 93.9 The Eagle. Whispering in the trees, it's two cities and they're only pipes and chains and swinging hands. Who's your daddy? Yes, I am. Back at game to play. This is the CEO Roundtable with Fred Perry on 93.9 The Eagle. And welcome back to the CEO Roundtable Show. I'm Fred Perry, your host this weekend. We are visiting with Matt McCormick, who's the president of Columbia's Chamber of Commerce. And uh, we've been talking about the recent trip of, of local leaders, uh, not just business leaders, but political leaders, uh, going to the city of Madison, Wisconsin, and what they learned uh, up there about the chronically unhoused and and uh, other opportunities in that market that we could be uh, emulating and, and making ourselves a world-class city. Um We've covered a lot uh, today, Matt, but I want to talk about workforce development. Uh, you guys, this has been a major initiative uh, has been, for yeah. the chamber uh, in uh, recent years. Uh, tell us a little bit about, about some of the things and some of the resources that you have dedicated to workforce development. Yeah, so we've done a lot around that. We have a VP of workforce <laughs> development now that, you know, what I, what we wanted to have is somebody that goes to bed at night uh, thinking about workforce development and wakes up in the morning thinking about workforce development and what's, what's our future look like for that. You know, it's... Uh, us, like everybody else, has some challenges around workforce, and a lot of it's facing people shortages, if mm-hmm. you will, right? There's, you know, some of the numbers we were just looking at, uh, you know, around a little over 5,000 open jobs and a little under 4,000 available unemployed. Wow. Uh, you know, and then it's the question of, does the unemployed that are in that four, little less than 4,000, does the skill set meet what's open out there and yeah. what we're seeing? So, so we're, the, the, that 4,000 number, are those people yep. that uh, have the possibility of being employed or are those, does that take out the people that are, are never going to go to work no matter if the opportunity is there or not? Yeah. So that's always that gray area of that yeah. one, right? But yeah. the way that the, what we look at the numbers we look at it, those are people that are, have, have stated or have looked for or shown that they've looked for a job in okay. the last two weeks. So they are employable. They are employable. They're okay. working to find employment. Okay. 4,000 people. Yeah. So so, you know, if you start taking a look, I mean, we just, if we were able to put every single one of those to work in every one of those businesses, we would still have a shortage of people. Yeah. You know, then you start taking a look at some of the national trends out there. We have, I think it's uh, 300,000 less 18 year olds today than what we did 10 years just ago. Just because of birth rate. Birth rates. Yeah. And that is expected to go for about the next decade yeah. around that 300 to 500,000 every mm-hmm. year. So you start combining that. So you really got to start looking into the future. What does our first workforce look like? So, you know, what we've, where we've dedicated a lot of our focus on this is one, studying a lot of those numbers, but two, uh, how do we, how do we grow, retain and attract? Uh, our workforce here because we need to we need to make sure that we're we're doing everything we can to keep who we have mm-hmm. uh, retain who we have but also grow our local workforce through things like you know we were talking earlier about that early college mm-hmm. you know when they're walking out with an associate's degree debt free we need to make sure we're putting them to work here in Columbia and Boone County yeah um, and so are there certain types of jobs right now Matt that they're that uh, 
we are really having trouble, say, in IT or in manufacturing or, um, you know, uh, people who can drive a, a, a forklift. Uh, are, are there specific shortages that you're recognizing? Yes. It's all of them. <laughs> okay. uh, <All> right. <laughs> you know, it's been interesting. Post-COVID, pre-COVID, we were short right around the typical ones, healthcare, uh, manufacturing, and construction. Mm-hmm. We've seen those continue on steroids, but we've also seen things, everything from you know, driving forklifts, but also into more professional positions. Like uh, we were talking to one of our companies here and they said, you know, our warehouse people, we're able to find warehouse people right now. What we can't find are people working in our accounting department, people working Mm. in our graphic design department. So it's at all levels that Mm. we're seeing. So we're running some focus groups right now with a lot of different industries. Mm -hmm. Uh, What does that look like? One of the programs that we're starting to work on is called Talent Pipeline Management. Mm. Uh, What that does is it really focuses industry by industry and takes a look at what is the A to Z of taking somebody that's not working for you to to getting them to work for Mm -hmm. you and what are all the steps and working to find what's the what's the what's the hold up yeah what's not working now let's go find a solution for that you know a lot of times in workforce development uh, what's what what groups are really good at is is finding you know creating a solution and then looking for the problem. What we want to make sure we're doing is identify what it's a little slower process, but let's identify what is that holdup or what is that problem or what's that challenge that, that people aren't being able to make it there. Then let's go create a solution to open that up. Yeah. Uh, So that's one of the areas that we're working on and uh, some other programs that we're doing. um, You know, it's pretty uh, complex. I mean, just sort of figuring out how to, how to address it. But as you look at the problem overall, is there some low hanging fruit? I mean, are there some easy opportunities for us that, uh, like, for example, you know, we, we've talked for years about how do we convince University of Missouri, Columbia College, Stevens College graduates, how do we convince them to stay here and begin their career here when, you know, a lot of them can't wait to get out of Columbia, you know, for whatever yeah. reason. Um, and then when they turn 60 or 70, they, uh, they long to come back to Columbia yep. and retire here, but we need them when they can work. Yeah. Um, what, what are some of the low-hanging fruit? Yeah, so one of the programs we're actually starting up uh, that we got funding for is we call it a boomerang program. And it specifically focuses on those individuals, people that have some sort of connection back to Columbia, connection to Boone County. Maybe they grew up here. Maybe yeah. they went to school at one of our universities. You know, maybe their parents moved here when they retired. Uh, and grandparents want to be closer to the grandkids and they've got some sort of connection. Now it's that idea of, Hey, Columbia has grown up through the years. You have to come back home. We have jobs for you. We, yeah. we don't only have jobs for you. We have careers for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's really that focus on that boomerang program is, and part of that boomerang program is, is working to not even t- to grab them before they even leave. Yeah. Right. But because yeah. it's, it's always hard to get them back. Yeah. But can we grab them before they leave? And it's going to take a lot of coordination with, you know, the different alumni groups from our higher education yeah. to our uh, public schools, our private schools. And what are those, you know, how do we start moving that forward? Yeah. Um, what about vocational education? Yeah. Uh, are we making the kinds of strides? I mean, I, I, I would guess, I know that we, with Mac and with Rankin and with the career center here yeah. at, the, at the high school. And I think one of your kids went through one of those programs. Is that yeah. Correct? My kid is a senior this year okay. and he spends, I think, all but two classes at the career center. Yeah. And, and what's his uh, field of study? He loves it. Right now he's in business. Okay. Wow. Imagine that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's going to use his dad's connections to, to get a job. He's, but he started yeah. off doing engineering. He yeah. really loved that part. And then he kind of started falling in love with the marketing. So he's doing uh, business and marketing classes. Yeah. He's got involved with F 
SBLA and DECA and some, yeah. of, some of the great programs that are out there. I mean, it's really pretty substantial yeah. what that career center is is able to do now will he choose to go to college well, i mean if that's a personal thing I, if you don't want to share it don't you don't have to yeah I, so he uh he would like to go to college and okay. that's what we've been working on he's okay. uh you know i'll do a dad brag for a second he's uh he's a competitive swimmer and oh, he's okay. uh just signed on to swim for a school and uh they've got a great program uh around that and so we're really you know but we also had long talks about hey there's a lot of options here. And that's, yeah. that's the thing we, we gotta get, we gotta get through to people, uh, is there's a multitude of pathways to prosperity. Yeah. Yeah. And a four year institution, a traditional four year institution is important and it's one of those. Yeah, it's one way. But it's all, there's also going through Career Center and going, yeah. you know, or going straight into the workforce. It's going straight into public service in some manner. It's going to MACC or, you know, any of our other schools ranking and such, getting some sort of associate's degree and being able to go into straight yeah. into the work. There's a lot of pros, uh, pathways to prosperity. And that's the conversation we need to be having. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we started our program, Show Me Careers, that we're really proud of. And it works with, uh, it actually works with the support system for our kids. It's working with our teachers, our counselors, uh, and our administrators in the school district to say, hey, there's a lot of pathways here. We need to show you. So we spend a week with them uh, every Sunday. We are every Sunday, every, every uh, <laughs> yeah, like summer. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> we spend a week with them. Uh, and we take them, and we had over forty go through the pro- go through the program this year. Hmm. Uh, you're familiar with Leadership Columbia, right? That we've done for years. Yeah. It's kind of taken Leadership Columbia and combining it into a week, but specifically for educators. And we take them to places like Emory Sapp and Sons, and out to American Outdoor Brands, and out to the airport whenever it was being built. Yeah. Uh, what does it mean to work in construction? What is a career in uh, healthcare? The MU Health Systems is our uh, title sponsor of that, and they spend a day out at the hospital talking about all the different career paths you can have in, uh, in health and healthcare yeah. in, and, and it's not a doctor, right? Right. right there, right. There's everything from administration to IT, you yeah. know, and getting the getting our our schools. And not all of it requires a degree. Correct? No, it doesn't, yeah, right? Yeah. And you know, get them to understand. Hey, if you want a career in IT, healthcare is a great place to be uh, in IT. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's really what are all the different pathways out there and getting our teachers and what we've what we've seen is our teachers a lot of times are starting to build that into their syllabus and really starting to build partnerships where there's where these companies are coming in and you know we had one teacher tell us middle school teacher i think it was taught algebra and she brought in one of our construction companies and she's like and i remember being a kid in algebra like when am i ever going to use this in life right absolutely but it's like kids you ask that question all the time Mm mm-hmm here's real life here's how you use math in real life Hmm. um and so we've seen some pretty good game changers with it it's been it's been a lot of fun to see that come together yeah uh, and understand those different pathways to prosperity. Yeah, tell us about the next uh, quarterly membership breakfast that's coming up. Uh, this is uh, uh, this is uh, one of the bigger events in town. Yeah, uh, you pull together a large group of people. how many how many on average people are attending those breakfasts? Around 300, 350 okay. is about where we bounce between. And you've been yeah. meeting at the Crossing yeah. uh, Church uh, yeah, in, in their, their event center in their event center. Yeah. And uh, uh, tell us about the next program. Yeah, so next one is uh, November fifteenth that morning. Uh, what we're working on and we're finalizing who all is going to be up there. 
but it's going to be a continuation, a, a continued conversation of our Madison trip, of our mm-hmm. leadership visit, really around uh, that bulk part of the unhoused and homelessness and uh, what is it that is a community? A, what's going on in our community? You know, mm-hmm. th- great things like what uh, Randy Cole's doing over mm-hmm. at CHA. Uh, you know, hey, what's happening there? You, you know, so make sure we know what's going on in our community, but then also what are those next steps that we as a community, because it's going to take all of us coming together to, to work through these things. Um, and so that's what we really go fo- focus on is that, that continued conversation around Madison. Yeah. As the chamber evolves and it's evolved a lot over the last 10 years, uh, tell us a little bit about the current membership. How many people are currently members? We're right at a thousand members, a little over a thousand members. They mm-hmm. represent around, uh, 50,000 employees in our, wow. in our community, yeah. in our region. And then the, adi- the associated divisions of, mm-hmm. of the chamber, what, what, what are those these days? So we still have, have uh, our women's network, which is our largest division that really focuses on women in business. Mm-hmm. Uh, Epic is our, it's growing in leaps and bounds. That's yeah. our young professional program, emerging professionals in yeah. Columbia. Columbia. Uh, we have our ambassadors. Uh, you see them our Gold Coast, yeah. right? They're out r- cutting ribbons everywhere. Yeah. Uh, they're everywhere. I don't know how, I don't know how a lot of those people are able to make it to, to all those, but we have those that make it to every single one and they yeah. do a fabulous job. We also have two others. One is our workforce development division that we've slowly, we're, what we're in the process of doing is moving that up under our foundation. We have a 501c3 foundation Mm -hmm. called Columbia Chamber Foundation. Uh, So it's going to kind of be housed under there. Uh, And then our last one is one that we do... uh, it's it's not a real outward facing one, but mm-hmm. it's uh, Columbia Community Alliance, uh, and we bring together different partners to start taking a look at legislative session. Oh, okay, uh, you know it's really you know hey city, county, school district, university. What are the things you are working on that we can all work on together as a community? Yeah, uh, and really go down and fight for. Can you tell me in thirty seconds? Uh, your give me your thirty second pitch. Why someone should move to Columbia, a business or or a family should move to Columbia? You know, I think one of the thirty second pitch on that is we've got a wonderful community it's a beautiful community it's a welcoming community that is kind of a melting pot of all things mm-hmm. uh we've got a highly educated community with a great workforce uh we would love to see you know those businesses or people move here we got yeah. you know you take a look at every asset that we have from whether it be from entertainment to medical care uh, we have it all right here good that's matt mccormick he's the president of columbia's chamber of commerce we'll be back next week folks with another great edition of the ceo roundtable i'm fred perry thank you for tuning in this weekend this is 93.9 The Eagle. This city is my city and I love it. Yeah, I love it.